generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. I've got a word. Last week was so challenging. Last week, many of you received fresh fire. This series has been intense and amazing. And I'm so pleased that many of you are making life-changing decisions. You're beginning to spread your wings. You're beginning to stretch yourself. So that's a beautiful thing. And I know that many of you are beginning to practice the different things you've been sharing. And we're going to go further today as I begin to stimulate, challenge your mind to see certain things on another level. So real quick, let's go to our pilot passage for this series. And that is Genesis chapter 26. Go all the way to Genesis chapter 26. I'm going to read alone from the first verse through the third verse. And then of course, all through the, help me, fifth verse. Then I'll skip and go all the way to verse 12. So Genesis 26 from verse 1 to 5, then from verse 12. Let's go now. Uh, if you have a Bible, flip over there. If you don't have a Bible, look at the screen. There was a famine in the land. Besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham, and Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants, I give all these lands. Somebody say, all these lands. Uh, I didn't quite hear you through the screen. Can you shout it? All these lands. And I will perform the oath which I saw to, your fa to Abraham, your father. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands. Somebody say all these lands again. And in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. So observe that God makes a promise to Isaac and says to Isaac, this is not starting with you. This is only continuing with you. This is not of the first level. This is not the first dimension. What I want somebody to know is that whatever God is saying to you right now is not something he has not done before. Whatever God is saying to you right now is at best a distinct manifestation of a pre-existing template. Whatever God is promising you right now, whether God is saying to you, I'm going to empower you to furnish a, a thousand widows' homes to help 500 orphans and send them to school. I'm going to plant a church through your life right books through your life, uh, develop an app through your life, uh, empower you to run a crusade in Qatar or Somalia or uh, Bangladesh 
or Gambia. Whatever God is saying to you, you are not the first person he's saying it to. So that alone should let you rest in the promise that God has done it before. You may not have seen it in your life before, but here this, he has done it before. Let me give you an example. So we released rain is pouring and you know, everybody was excited about it and people are still getting blessed and I hope you've downloaded and shared with your friends and all of that. But you know something that occurred to me a couple of days, I think the next day after we released the song, it occurred to me that even though we released the song in August, I had planned to release the song in April watch this. I plan to release, release the song in April. The first part of the song I had received at, I believe it was a Lucky Connect uh, meeting last year sometime about April last year, something like that. And then I began to write the script for the song. The whole presentation, the, you know, the chants and the prophecies and all, the announcements and the weather forecast. I wrote all of that in February. I'm, I'm going somewhere. So whilst everybody was rejoicing about it in August, whilst everybody was feeling great about it on August uh, and it was a new song to the whole world in August. It was not a new song to me. It was not a new script to me. It was not a new song to some of you who had heard parts of the song before even though you've never heard it put together like that. What I'm trying to say to you is that sometimes what you're trusting God for in August was already done in April. Something you're trusting God for next year is already done. It's just that you haven't come into that place yet. That season yet. That time yet and don't forget that whatever it is you're looking forward to is already in God's past somebody help me type in the chat box it's already done it's already done Isaac it's already done when God says I will give you this land it's not just starting with you God had said to Abraham he said walk the length and breadth of this land and as far as your eyes can see says I'm going to give you this land somebody say it's already done it's already done. So your future is in a sense God's past. Isaac understand that. So he made the promise to him. When you go all the way to verse 6, it says that Isaac dwelt in Gerar. And when you go to verse 12, where I'm picking up the reading from, it says, Then, watch this, Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in that same year a hundredfold. And what happened? The Lord blessed him. The man, watch this, began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. And then he had some things. For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. Verse 15. Now the Philistines had stopped up all the wells which his father's servant had dug in the days of Abraham his father. And they had filled them with earth. And Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us, for you are much mightier than we. And of course, he departed, verse 18. He dug again the wells of water, uh, verse 19. Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found a well of water running there, right? And then verse 20, there was a quarrel. Verse 21, he dug another well. Verse 22, he dug and moved from there and dug another well. And at that place, they did not quarrel. It says, so he called its name, what? Rehoboth. Because he said, for now the Lord has made room for us. And what will happen? We shall be fruitful in the land. We shall be fruitful in the land. The land. 
If you're looking for a, a sermon title, a message title for this, I wanted to just type in the comment box, I am digging those wells. I am digging those wells or dig those wells. Dig those wells. In bracket, you can put that building systems of sustenance. Dig those wells, building systems of sustenance. Father, we thank you because your word is true. It gives us life. It gives us hope. It gives us strength. We are nothing without the breath of your spirit. We are nothing without the instruction of your word. Your instruction that builds us, that edifies and fortifies us. And today, as humble children, we open up our hearts to you. Let the rain of your spirit drench us. Let the power of heaven rest upon us. Let the glory of your kingdom shine through our lives. We adore you. We lift you. We honor you. That we're empowered not only to be reapers, but to be diggers. And as we dig, we build systems of sustenance and supply. Bless your name, O oh God. Systems are being built for prayer. Systems are being built for discipleship. Systems are being built for expansion. Systems are being built for transformation and reformation in our times and generations. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Can your amen be louder than my voice? So we've been on the series and don't forget that this series is called Beggars, Diggers, Sowers and Builders. As a matter of fact, it's actually called Beggars, Sowers, Diggers and Builders. And we've covered quite a number of things. I'm not a beggar anymore. Passport to prosperity, God's prosperity system and so many things. Dig it. We dealt with that last week. Now we're moving on to dig those wells, building systems of sustenance. And it's interesting that many times when we look at the Bible, many of us see the Bible as a religious text. We have been raised to see the Bible as a religious text. In other words, we only see the Bible as uh, a material that helps us for one directional worship. When I say one directional worship, I'm saying worship unto God in terms of the liturgical implications. So how do you speak in tongues? How do you pray in the Holy Spirit and all of that? And, and we look at it for maybe even as a code of moral living. And whilst it's true that the Bible has a lot of rich resources that have to deal with our faith expression in terms of our expression towards God, you must also realize that our faith does not only have expression towards God, it has expressions towards men. That's why in Matthew chapter 5 verse 14, the word says, let your light so shine before who? Before men that they may see your, see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. When John begins to teach us about love, it says that we ought to love one another because God loved us. It says anyone who loves is of God and anyone who does not love is not of God. It says that you cannot even claim that you love God if you don't love love the man that you can see. How can you claim that you love God who you don't see? He said that this is love, not that we love God first, but that God loved us. Paul teaches us about that and he said that if I can speak with the tongues of men, tongues of angels, and I have not love, I'm like a tinkling cymbal and resounding brass. He said if I give up my body to be burned and, and, I, and I do not love, it does not profit any, any, anything, profit me anything. So we begin to see 
see that in our walk with God, it's not just the way we deal with God that counts. It's also the way we deal with human beings, our friends, colleagues, loved ones, family members, even our enemies. When it was that that man came to Jesus Christ to ask him, what is the greatest commandment? God, Jesus said to him, thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your might, with all your strength. And then it said that next one is like it. You must love your neighbor as yourself. What am I saying? What I'm saying is your faith walk is not complete if it's only God word. Your faith walk is not complete. You are not yet a full representation of Christ. Watch this. If you do not first factor in uh, that your walk with God should also extend to your dealings with men. This is an important substratum to lay because when Jesus came, when Jesus came into the world in Acts chapter 10 verse 38, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went about doing good and healing all those oppressed of the devil. So we see Jesus, he had a walk with God and then his walk with God translated into the goodness that he did amongst men. Uh, is it possible for someone to do some good works without God in a certain sense? Because there are people who can claim they are doing some charitable things without being endorsed by God. That's what Paul means that if I give up my body to be burned, but it's not from a place of God's kind of love, it does not profit anything. But what is true is that if you claim to have a relationship with God, if you claim to be a child of God, we will see the evidence in the way you deal with other people who are made in the image and in the likeness of God. And it's easy for you to talk Christianese, to speak in tongues, but the question is not, are you speaking in tongues? The question is, are you speaking in love? It does not matter how well you shout hallelujah if you can't help your neighbor down the street. It does not matter how well you kaboosh, shabak, kadosh, uh, asha, come on. If you're not walking in love, it does not matter how many angels you've seen, how many grams of gold dust you've sprinkled on your head, how lean you are from fasting. It does not matter the size of your bank account. I want to know the size of your love account. I feel God up in here. Uh, somebody put a heart emoji in there if this is connecting with you. Can you high five me uh, in, in the chat room, in the chat box if you're feeling, feeling this word. It's not about the size of uh, your money or your car. It's about the size of your heart towards God and its expression towards men. Why am I saying this? Because many of us, we understand the spiritual realities. We understand the supernatural dimension, at least to an extent. But some of the basic things that God expects us to do, we have not begun to do. In our text, we find that God is dealing with a certain man called Isaac. Isaac is not a first-generation patriarch. Isaac is a second-generation patriarch. He is the son of Abraham, who is the carrier of the covenant of promise. It is through the lineage of Isaac, not Ishmael or Ismail, that the covenant promises of God will be birthed in the earth. It is through Isaac that the covenant of the Redeemer, the Messiah, the Meshach, the Yeshua Amashiach, was going to come into the earth and so God is particular about where Isaac lives God is particular about where Isaac goes God has a prophetic calendar for Isaac and let me just announce to somebody who is like God let me just do my own thing God let me just go where I want to go God let me just speak my mind God let me just show them that I'm not a fool God let me just spend
spend this money anyhow. Lao Lao spending. God, uh, uh, let me just do this. Let me just do that. Hear this. As long as you are a child of destiny, as long as you're playing a key role in the agenda of God, God won't just let you do just anything you want to do. <laughs> He's going to move you in a certain direction. David put it this way. He said, your hand is behind me. Your hand is in front of me and you have hedged me in and your hand is upon me. You've got me covered. You regulate my movements. You doctor my appetites. You arrange my priorities. You insist on my longings. You checkmate my desires. You instruct my affections. You monitor my mood. That is what happens when God is on your case. If you feel like God has been on your case for a while, can you type in the comment box, God is on my case and it's not a brief one. For some of you, God is not just on your case, it's on your portmanteau. He's on your suitcase, your briefcase, your lawyer case. <laughs> what other kind of case has God on? God is on your matter. So God is on Isaac's matter and it begins to speak to him. He says, don't go down to Egypt. It's lucrative, it's attractive. Everybody's rushing down there. Stay in this land. And when Isaac stays in that land, the word says that Isaac sowed in that land and it began to prosper. And many of us, that's all that we've been taught that Isaac sowed in the land. But in verse 13 of verse 12, the word says to us that Isaac, after he sowed in that land, rather in verse 15, he began to dig wells. So verse 15, he dug wells. Verse 18, he dug wells. Verse 19, his servants dug wells. Come on, somebody. Uh, in verse 21, they dug another well. Come on, somebody. And he kept on digging, verse 22, they dug another well. So we see that Isaac sowed. We see that in one place. He must have sowed seasonally and at different times. But there is an emphasis on digging and not just digging, but digging wells. Now, don't forget that I mentioned earlier that your walk with God cannot just be about your walk with God. There must be an evidence with men. So in every land that we find the patriarchs going to, we find that Isaac, especially Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they did not just build altars, they also dug wells. There is a difference between altars and wells. Building altars means building systems of worship, building systems of religious engagement. By religion in this matter, I'm not talking about empty religion. I'm talking about dealings with divinity. By digging or building altars, I'm talking about monitoring your private space with God, having a connection to heaven that is solid, a basic for sacrificial living, a basis for private consecration and devotion. That is important. When you find Noah coming out of the ark, he built an altar. When it is that Gideon has an encounter with God, he turns the rock into an altar and places a sacrifice there. Much of Levitical priesthood, in fact, the Levitical priesthood is wired around the concept of altars. And we see the spiritual significance of that in the New Testament, in Romans chapter 12. When it is the Paul says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. The basis for sacrifice is an altar. So we bring our bodies on an altar. Now, in, in this generation of the New Testament, you don't need to build stones. It just means a rallying point of worship, a place of consecration, a place of daily appointment with God, the basis for spiritual sacrifices, the plan platform upon which you lay down things that
that you will no longer do, no longer buy, no longer eat, no longer watch. That is important and when we start talking about building, I will touch on that some more. But we notice that many believers know about building altars that have to do with God, but they don't know so much about digging wells that have to do with men. So whilst it's important to build altars of worship, you must also dig wells of relevance. You must also dig wells of earthly impact. You must also dig wells that are representative of God's love for mankind. Why are wells important? Because no matter how much how many seeds you sow, if there is no system of irrigation, if there is no system of supply, if there is no system to nourish and to water those seeds, they might not survive. As a matter of fact, you might reap a harvest by fluke, but there will be no sustenance. Somebody say, build the system. Somebody say, build the system. Type it, build the system. BTS, not behind the scenes, but build the system. Isaac built systems. So let me mention this. God is not just a God of miracles. God is a God of systems. Write that down. God is not just a God of miracles. He's a God of systems. As a matter of fact, anywhere you find a miracle in the Bible, you're going to either find a system aiding the birthing of that miracle or you are going to find that after the miracle, God established a system for the sustenance of the process of that miracle. So let me start with this one. The first miracle that Jesus performed, what was it? Turning water to wine. What was the miracle? The water turned to wine. Where was the water? In vats, in containers, in pots. What is a pot? A container. What is it connected to? It was connected to a system because there were many pots. I'll read what a system is to you shortly. So we find that. What's the other miracle we find Jesus performing earlier when he begins to recruit his disciples or to enroll and enlist people into this kingdom assignment? Luke chapter 5, he walks up to Peter's boat. Where does he preach that someone from? A boat. What is a boat? A boat is an element of a transportation system. So yes, there's a mighty catch of fish into the boat, but the boat is a system. What else is a system? The net is a system. Oh my God. <laughs> so there are people who have miracles waiting, but you have not built the system that has the capacity to bring the miracle from the invisible realm because the fish were invisible to the natural eye. But the system called the net allowed the invisible fish to come into the visible systems of man. Is somebody following this? Oh, let's look at some other ones. Noah, Noah's, Noah's ark. Noah was preserved. What was Noah's ark? We'll talk about the one talking about building some more, right? The ark was a system of transportation. Is somebody following this right now? Paul, great apostle, he wrote, he had revelation. That revelation came out of the grace of God, the glory of God, the benevolence of God. But he said to them, he says, bring the parchments, bring my writing material. Why? The scroll was part of the system of education. <laughs> if you're getting this, put an emoji in the chat box real quick. 
a system. There are so many believers who have become dependent on miracles and they don't realize that miracles are supposed to be acts of temporary intervention. They are love languages or reminders that come at intermittent seasons to let you know that God has not forgotten you, that his power is still real, that his ability is still there. But don't forget, the Bible does not just tell us that the earth was framed by the power of God, but it tells us that by wisdom, he established the heavens and the earth. Watch this. Power will birth miracles. Wisdom will create systems. And you need both of them. <laughs> oh, is somebody following this now? I'm trying to take my time to lay solid foundation. So we need to understand that God doesn't just want to do miracles in our lives. He wants us to build systems. Is it okay for you to get healed in the service? Fantastic. It's beautiful. We love it. I just read a testimony of someone who got healed on Instagram, one of the life prayers, just before I began to share, right? But see this. Do you know what is better on the long run than somebody getting healed? Us building a healthcare system. Are you following this? This is the reason. Listen, this is the reason even believers in Nigeria or some other third world country, believers, professing believers, will leave those countries and leave some of those prayer meetings and go to a predominantly Islamic country for their health care. What? Shout it. What? Oh my God. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying right now? Are you following? Do you know how important this is? Do you know how important that if we don't build a system, somebody can come with a policy and say, you know what, no more public gatherings. Why? Because the person who builds the system will be able to dictate the pace of the person who just sows a seed. Yes. Somebody shall build a system. Don't just build altars. That's great. Build altars. Let's have the powerful prayer meetings. Let's have spontaneous worship. Let's record songs. But after we record songs, we have to think about studios and record labels. Are you following what I'm saying? And cinema performances and theaters. We have to think about that. After you quote the Bible, do you know that some of the biggest printers of the Bible are not believers? The companies, oh my God, do your research. Some of the companies that print the highest number of Bibles in the world. They are, they are not believers. They own the system, but you will spend your money on their system because a system is superior to an act of relief. Oh, if you can say amen, say mm -hmm. build a system. In the beginning, when the Bible says, look at what the word says, it's in the beginning, God said, let there be light and there was light. Now, on the fourth day, what did God create? He created the sun. He created the moon. He created the stars. When you think about the sun and the things that rotate around the sun, what do you call it? What do you call it? Solar system. So this is not some kind of business. Sir, ah, this is a business development service. No, this is a wisdom impartation service. Come on, somebody. God established a system. Why? Because God didn't want to be telling the sun every day, sun shines, sun shines. That's what happens. When you don't have a system, you're going to repeat the same set of actions every day. But when there is a system, that system will naturally produce 
afterwards, are you following this? God doesn't show up every day and say, ah, son, you have to shine today. No, he created a system. Are you following this right now? My God. <laughs> as I'm preaching to you, I'm preaching to myself as well. That's what happens with kings. We have a system. We have the worship system. That's why every Sunday, whether I am there or not, you know, in the beginning days, I would do the videos with Cooper and it was Jade Jaffet and Tammy the Poet and one more person at that time. And then we grew to six and seven. Now, I don't go for music team uh, videos any longer, not because I, I love them less or I, I'm no longer passionate about worship or music, but there is a system with dependable people that can run that so I can run other aspects. We have a media system. At the beginning, some of you might remember the first year of Kings, I designed all the flyers, technically all of them, at least 90% of them myself. But now we have a system where there are gifted people in the house, the Lanos is in the house and the David Duru's in the house that can help us cover. That is what happens when there is a system. You will be free to do some other things on another level instead of doing the same thing on the same level. Imagine if all of us had to pray every day that the sun should shine. Do you know why you don't pray for the sun to shine? Because God systemized it. What is in your life that is consuming your energy that is crying for a system? As I'm preaching to you and preaching to myself. We call that the solar system. Look at your body. Your body is made up of what? Systems. So for you to produce a baby like I have and some of you have, pr have produced in the house, you had your reproductive system. When you eat today after the service, if you're not fasting, you eat today, you put that food in your mouth, you're not thinking, where is this food going? You're not worried whether the food is going to go to your spine because you know that once you introduce that meal into your body, it goes into a system. It goes into a system. Somebody shout system. I'm not saying C-stem as in S-E-E-S-T-E-M. But yes, you might as well see the stem of the vine that Christ is. And you are the branches. So you are a system from C, his stem. You get on that? So great things have to stem out of you systems. Look at your body, your digestive system, your hormonal system, your endocrine system, your skeletal system. Look at that. It's systemic. So you're not, you're not like, oh, oh, where's the food going to go? No, where's the air? Your respiratory system. It is a system. And let me tell you, many believers, we are great at running events. But events alone don't change the world. Systems govern the world. Systems shape the minds of people. Systems determine whether they're going to teach your children that they came from a monkey or whether in the beginning God made heaven and earth. Systems will determine, are you following this? Whether you're going to be forced to take the vaccine that they are cooking up in many laboratories across the world. Systems. And God wants us to be that house of people. My God. Somebody say, I will build the system. I wanted to shout aloud. I feel the glory of God, but I'm trying to maximize my time. Somebody shout, I will build the system. So what is a system? My dictionary says, is a set of things working together as parts of a mechanism or an interconnecting network, a complex whole, a set of things working together. Do you know why in Ephesians 4, the Bible says above all things endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit when it says that you are one 
all that God is trying to build is to teach us the process of integration, the process of systems. That's what God, that's why, you see, there's a family system. Do you know that? What's a family system? Social studies, remember, father, mother, children, family system. And they tell you that the family is the, the smallest, the most basic unit of society. How does God define himself? Father, that's a family system. So whenever there is competition, strife, envy, jealousy, do you know what the devil is trying to do? He's trying to break up your system. So in your team, when there is disharmony and, and everybody's agitating, you should be the person to build that team, to reconcile. The Bible says God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Why? Because God is building one thing. And if there is division, that system will suffer loss. That is why the body of Christ across the world today, we have not come to the full stature, to the place of power and potency. Why? Because we are busy competing. I'm not talking about this house. I'm talking about the body, right? Many believers are busy competing that you can't see that we are better together. Somebody shout systems. Another one says a set of organs in the body with a common structure or function. Another one says a group of related hardware units or programs or both, especially when dedicated to a single application. Let me jump. This one says, a group of celestial objects connected by their mutual attractive forces, especially moving in orbits around a center, a system. In our word, in our text, we'll find Isaac, he starts up in verse 15, digging his father's wells. Now, let me just explain this. In, in the Old Testament and much of the Jewish culture in Bible times, they didn't have taps. You know, we have taps, we have borehole, we have uh, uh, pipelines right now. They didn't have taps. So for them to drink water, for them to wash, for them to take care of themselves, for them to take care of their livestock, for them to sustain their lifestyle and well-being, they needed to discover water. The way to discover water was to dig wells. So they had to bore their own holes. Now, when they dug those wells, those wells were not just for the families that dug them. But those wells also provided sustenance, okay, for the general culture, for people in the environment, for those who would travel a great distance, and all of that. Don't forget that when it was time for Isaac to get married, where does Isaac find a, a, a wife? Isaac finds the wife, watch this, Isaac finds a wife when Abraham's servant goes to a faraway place and he hangs around the well and around the well he finds the wife why because the well was also a hub for the community so it was a system of sustenance for the community why must we build wells or dig wells and not just altars because it's priests that will come to the altars but normal people will gravitate towards the wells are you following this Regular people will come to the wells. And by coming to the wells, when we meet them at the well, we will introduce them to the real well that they are actually looking for. So in plain language, what are wells? Wells are systems of engagement in the community that produce attractive streams of supply and sustenance for the social environment. They are systems of engagement in the community. Watch that. 
wells are systems of engagement in the community that produce attractive supply streams, attractive streams of supply for the social environment. So this could be education, this could be cinema theaters, this could be factories, this, you know, for a long time there's been this debate in Nigeria who say all these churches, they're just taking up the warehouses and taking up the factories and all of that. Of course, I do not subscribe, watch this, I do not subscribe to the animosity and the, and the venom and the irresponsibility and in some kind of, uh, in some cases, lack of wisdom of those who are campaigning for that. But let me tell you what is also true. What is true is that when we gather in places of worship or online like this, as a secondary offshoot of these things that we're hearing, we must create systems. Let me show you something. We're, a couple of weeks ago, we read that text where Jesus multiplied five loaves of bread and two fish, right? He multiplied that. So what did he do? He bring, brought the blessing of God upon the five loaves of bread and two fishes. That is a miracle. But for the miracle to be multiplied in the culture, in the crowd, amongst people, he created a system. Somebody shout system. What was the system? He took the bread and fish that he had blessed. He put it in the hands of disciples. Disciples uh, took the bread and fish to circles of fifties. The men said, that's a system. So even for the miracle, for the miracle to be sustained, it must be plugged into what? A system. Many of us know that text. Behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the oil upon the head of Aaron, running down his beard to the skirts of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. So it says like the oil. The oil is supernatural. The oil is from heaven. The oil is the anointing. But then it says that that oil flows through what? A system. What is the system? Aaron's head, his beard, the skirts of his garments. Can you look for somebody digitally right now and say, are you building systems? Are you building systems? Are you building systems or are you just being religious? Are you build And by building systems, again, like I've said so many times, you don't have to start your own thing. We're building systems in kings. We're building systems in the house. Some of you are, have people in the house who are building systems in fashion or music and all of that. You don't need to go and start your own fashion label. Say, listen, let me tell you what God told me a while ago. He said that not everybody's an author, but there are many people who are writing books whose gift is not to write books. Their gift is to sell the books that have been written by others. Are you following this? <laughs> There's some people who are starting businesses. Your gift is not to start businesses. Your gift is to be an employee in a business to grow the business. And so when we talk about building systems, there are a couple of things I want to just run through as I begin to wind down because I want to give you handles, steps, practical things that you can do today. So the very first thing in building systems is you must think systems. That's the number one thing. You must think systems. Consistently think systems. So we celebrate the miracles. Oh, God caused, you know, the herbs to come out of the earth. Do you know why he did? In every herb that came out, he gave them the ability to carry seed. What, what's the, what does the seed carry? The seed carries the blueprint for the systems of sustenance. A seed is an integral part of a system so that when you plant that seed in the right ground, the system encoded in the seed will begin to multiply. Do you understand that? Now listen, 
anything that you are struggling to reproduce after the first time, it is many times because you have not demonstrated or implemented the wisdom to create its repeated pattern without losing energy. Anything. If you struggle to do it, there's a systemic theme. And that's why in, in my life, many times before I start a project or a new direction, I'm thinking about the systems behind it. I'm thinking about what is the system that governs this thing? How does it work? How does it work? Let me give you an example. Before King started, people are like, oh, when are you going to start Sunday morning? When are you going to start? I didn't just start King Sunday morning. I studied. Say, oh, but you are anointed and gifted. I started. I went to a conference in America. Now, what I'm doing in, in Nigeria is not what I was taught there, but the things I was taught there triggered certain things I may never have begun to think about or stumbled upon if I hadn't thought about the systems. Are you following this right now? If I want to release a single now, there is a four or five step process in re releasing the single because I've seen the system behind it. Are you following this right now? If I want to write a book now, there's a system. Are you creating a system or are you just responding to stimulus? Are you just responding to invitations? Are you just responding? You know, I've, I've actually said a number of times, I turned down many invitations not because I'm proud. Not because I'm proud or because, but because I understand the place of optimization. What is the system? And sometimes, guess what? You're not even the best person for the invitation. People just think, oh, because you have a big name, you can attract some people. Think systems. That's number one. When God said, let there be, let there be, let there be, let there be. In every word it was releasing was the seed for a system. Everything that God created was a part of a system. Think systems. Number two is that you must structure your life <laughs> in a systematic way. So after thinking systems, you've got to structure that. How do I know that there was a structure behind this thing? The Bible says concerning uh, Isaac, look at what it says. There was famine in the land, besides the first famine law of the God appeared to him in verse 2. And verse, uh, verse 4, God makes a promise to him and it says, I will give to, to your descendants all this lands and in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. In verse 6, the Bible says, so Isaac dwelt in Gerar. He didn't just pass through Gerar. He dwelt in Gerar. He dwelt. He stayed. He, he dwelt. He created a system of living, livelihood in Gerar. He built a base in Gerar. Structure your life around that. And how do you start by structuring your life? You must prioritize Christ. How do I know? Because the Bible says the first but of all creation. It says in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And we are complete in him. Right? And then the Bible also makes it clear that he's the first but in him all things consist. Colossians 1.15, Colossians 1.17. In Christ all things consist. Israel Hutton sang many years ago. Jesus at the center of it all. I want to add, it's not just at the center. He's the radius. He's the circumference. He's the sector. He's the arc. He's the segment. He's the first. He's the last. He's the this. He's the that. He's everything. He is better than life. He's better than wine. He's smoother than butter. He's hotter than fire. He is stronger than steel. He is more refreshing than water. He is my alpha, my omega. The one who pats my seas, brings down my 
mountains, in structuring your life around a system. Look at what Jesus did. The Bible says he arose as his custom was. That was indicative of a system. Why? Because a system is predictable. A system has patterns. A system has recurrent attributes. He structured his life. Have you structured your life? I'm not necessarily saying 7 to 7, 10. You must do this. 12 to 12 this. You must do that. But there must be 4, 3 to 5 things that you do every day. 3 to 5 things that you do every day. Let me tell you what my 5 things are that I do every day. Every day I must pray. Every day I must study the word. Every day I must write. Whether I'm writing a text or writing a song or writing an article or writing a post or something. Every day I must think. I must think creatively. Creatively. I must think every day. And every day I must establish some kind of generosity or presence or presence of mind or counsel or connection with my family or with somebody on the outside. What are your five things that you do every day? You don't have to copy mine because your destiny might be different from my destiny. You don't have to copy mine. But there must be something you do. How do I know that Isaac had a system? Because every time they covered up the wells he dug, he dug another one. Anytime you can do something again and again and again, that means you're beginning to find a system. Shortly after we released, rain is pouring. Uche said to me, uh, Dad, I have to tell you this, you're not a one-hit wonder. Uh, we thought before your throne with Cooper was it, then we thought I'm not alone, and then we thought this one, and we thought that one, and then here's another one. It is because it is hinged on a system, and there are many gifted people who have no systems, anointed people, but they have no systems. So the covenant of God is still true. The promise of God is still true. Their giftedness is still true, but they don't know how to dig wells, because you don't dig wells by fluke. You dig wells by faith, and faith is expressed through actions, and actions are sustained if there is a system to keep them driving. High five somebody right now with a chat in the emoji. Tag somebody right now and say, build that system. Dig those wells. Dig those wells. How do I know he had a system? He dwelt in the land. Please listen to this. If you find yourself restless, you can't keep a job. You can't face a project for three months without getting distracted. You need to build a system. You're, you're so, you, you can't plan a program for six weeks, four weeks ahead of time. You're responding to everything. You are not yet dwelling. You are drifting. Yeah. Somebody type, I'm not a drifter, I'm a dweller. I'm not a drifter, I'm a dweller. Somebody say that. I'm not a drifter, I am a dweller. So structure your life. Number three, study proven systems. Study proven systems. Let me extend that. Study and support. Study and support proven. When I say proven, successful systems. So, what do you see the Lord asking you to do? What do you, where do you see the Lord calling you to? You might not know everything. You don't even need to know everything. You know what? Isaac didn't know. Isaac didn't know the Philistines were, were going to be so brutal. <laughs> so jealous, envious. He didn't know that. He didn't know he would have to dig so many wells before getting to Rehoboth. He didn't know that. But look at what he did. 
He knew that his father had dug wells before. He knew that. He knew that his father had dug wells and he began to unearth his father's wells. What was he doing? He had studied that well. He knew where the wells were. So know where the coordinates are so that you can have an idea of where the coordinates are going. So the smart football player is not just the person who knows where the ball is, is the person who knows where the ball is going. Check out the greatest goal scorers in history. Check them out. Right? All the, the most fantastic, the Pelés, the Maradonas, the Balotellis, the Kakas, the CR7, Messi. All those guys, you know what? They know where the ball is going. So Isaac, he dug his father's wells and he supported it. If you see someone that God is using in a certain direction, you might not even like them. They might not even be your favorite person. But if all you can do is to pray for them, pray for them. Say, Lord, I don't know this person, uh, but, but I just pray this way you're using them so mightily. Lord, strengthen them. They will not fall. They will not fail. You're in Kings. You know what? Kings is a mega system. Mega. You know why? Why I'm saying that? It's not a joke. Kingdom influences a nation's generation and systems. This is a mega system. Why? Because a system is a subsystem of the system that God is building through us. Nations are a subsystem in kings. Generations, subsystem. So we're building kingdom influencers, not Instagram influencers. Kingdom. <laughs> we will use Instagram, but you know, on a bigger picture, God will raise people from amongst this house to build platforms. Have you thought about it? Now that all of us are streaming on Facebook, streaming on YouTube, streaming on Instagram, streaming on MixLR and many other platforms, what would happen if the owners of these platforms all of a sudden say, sorry, no mention of the name of Jesus. Sorry, no more songs that have to do with the blood, the cross, sanctification, redemption, forgiveness. Have you thought about that? Or are we so caught up quoting the Bible that we are not thinking of building printing presses that can print our own Bibles. Let me tell you someone why am I talking about Bibles today. There are certain translations of the Bible, versions of the Bible right now that are in circulation where certain Bible verses have been removed. Do your research in this car. I don't want to mention uh, some names because you can Google them and find them yourself. Right? Maybe next week I might come out with a list of those so you can see how serious it is. We must build the system. The Lord was speaking to me uh, about two or three months ago and I said we need Obadiahs. And who's Obadiah? Obadiah was that guy who in the days of uh, Elijah who called down the rain and there was trouble and all of that and this of Elijah, you know, the prophets of, of Baal and all of that were there and you know, there was so much persecution Jezebel had persecuted so many people, many prophets and Obadiah, watch this, heed the prophets of God in caves. In the time of the persecution, Obadiah created a system below the surface. Oh my God, thank you Holy Spirit for this. Somebody needs to hear this. He created underground systems where the church in their day, the body of Christ, the prophets, the voices in their day could sustain or be preserved. Some of you are not preachers. Some of you are not Elijahs. You are Obadiah. You are Obadiah. You are the person who will be behind the scene to create the app that churches will use in case MixLR crashes or in case Facebook says no more preaching or YouTube says, what are we going to use? 
I'm already thinking like that. I wish it was my gift. I'm not sure it's my gift. I think my gift is to tell you that this is your gift. I think my gift is to stir you up and provoke you and say, stop thinking about God, give me 100,000 naira. God has given you wisdom to begin to build something. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying right now? Where are the Obadiahs? Because everybody wants to be Elijah, calling down fire. But guess what? Elijah calls down fire, deals with the prophets of Baal, but who is preserving the prophets of God? For some of you, let me tell you your assignment is. Your assignment is to be giving pastors millions of naira every month. You're like, ha, ah, why? That's your, for some of you, that's your assignment. It's not to preach any gospel. Any, when I say any gospel, to preach in public. Every child of God should preach the gospel. For some of you, assignment should be, what would church look like in 10 years? And how can I begin to describe? For some of you, your assignment is to create systems for public worship. Or how we can save money when churches are doing many massive uh, events and concerts and all of that. For some of you, your assignment is to begin to think about how we can get so much more from those events than we currently do. When I say so much more, I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about impact. I'm talking about spread. I'm talking about scale. I'm talking about reach. Are you following what I'm saying right now? So study and do that. Number three. <laughs> I'm watching my time. Number three is that you must begin to strengthen those around you. How do I know that's very important? Because there is no way Isaac could have dug all the wells by himself. And some of us in our minds, there is no room, no accommodation for anybody else. Look at the systems that Jesus built. How come Jesus, look at this. Let, let's just think about it. Jesus is my, is my model, my hero. How can the king of the universe, I follow this, the God of gods, the Lord of lords, the embodiment of all the power in the world, in heaven, earth, everywhere, he comes into the earth. He has all power. He has infinite ability. But when it comes onto the earth, you know what he does? He stays on earth for just three and a half years. And after three and a half years, he said, I'm, I'm done. Who does that? <laughs> Jesus does. What did he do? He built a system. That's why he said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell. When you see build, begin to think about systems and it said upon that strategy that structure so i'll build my church see he didn't say my church exists then the gates of all will not prevail no there is a system of the spirit that allows the church to keep on moving the reason the gates of hell does not prevail is because the church is built on a spirit-filled system if the gates of hell seem to be prevailing against some parts of your life, it could be that you've not built the system for that part of your life. Why does the body fail? Because the system of the body, your health system, has been impacted. Upon this rock I'll build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. What does Paul say? Paul said, I build as a wise. I'm transitioning to building next week. As a wise master builder. That's a system. He said, Paul planted, Apollos watered, God gave the increase. It's the same thing. I read definition of systems to you earlier. It's the same, different components working towards the same thing. If your life is scattered, it's time to build systems. If your life is not as productive, it's time to build systems. So number four is that you must strengthen people around you. So what does Jesus do? How can Jesus say, I'm done in three and a half years? You know why? Because he called 12 whom he will 
name apostles sent out. That means by the time he was calling them, listen, by the time he was calling them, he already had a picture in, their, in his mind of what they will look like three and a half years down the line. Some of you have been with me for about that number of years. And I said to you when you joined, I said, if you stay with me for three years, your life will not remain the same again. Do you know what I said to Kenneth about three weeks ago? I said, I'm very excited about what's happening in the house because I see that people have moved away from the excitement phase and from the up and about phase, but I can see people building stuff. I can see people writing stuff. I can see people painting stuff. I can see people starting stuff. That is what we're talking about. The excitement is good. The energy is good, but we must now funnel the energy and the excitement and the passion into building systems. If you believe in shy, yes. If you believe in shy, yes. Somebody shout yes. I'm getting ready to close. Somebody shout yes. Somebody holler yes. So think systems, number one. Number two, structure your life for generational impact. Uh, structure your life around systems for generational impact and community engagement. Number three, study and support proven systems. Study and support. Is, is this still running? Is this still running? Study and support proven systems. And number four, strengthen others around you. How do I know Isaac strengthened others around him? Because the Bible says that Isaac dug wells. Another place says that Isaac servants dog wells which means that when you have shown people how to do it when you have established a rhythm when you have released your song more songs are going to be released in the house when you've released your book more books are going to be released in the house when you've led on a certain level others will begin to leave and lead on another level somebody shout strengthen me strengthen me uh, tag your team lead tell your team lead strengthen me uh, tag your teammates tag your teammates strengthen me Tag your dad, your mom, your brother, your sister, your uncle, your friend. Say, strengthen me, strengthen me. Uh, tag me. Say, keep on strengthening me, pastor. Keep on, keep on. Don't get tired, pastor. Don't get, don't get weary. Uh, strengthen me. Uh, I feel the power of God. Uh, can I tell you, one of the reasons Africa has been underdeveloped is because we have many people uh, who don't know how to dig wells, uh, but they want to drink water anyway. They don't want to dig. They just want to drink. We have people who get into government who don't know how to hold the digger. Talkless of digging anything. They don't know how to pick the axe. Talkless of using the pickaxe. They don't know. They don't know. And that's why they don't understand the suffering of building. I've been telling my wife and, and some people in the house who are closer to me in the house. I said I'm excited now when some of you tell me some certain things and when some of you say oh you received so many calls so many messages in your DM I said now you know where I've been for years now where I receive 200 to 300 messages on WhatsApp every day I receive over 100 emails every day at Facebook Twitter Instagram another 50 or so every day because when you build a well people want to drink from it when you build a well so many people keep running so if nobody's running after you maybe maybe your water is not flowing enough 
But when people start running after you, it's because they can smell water. Nobody runs after dirt. Everybody runs after water. Somebody shall build a well. I feel like preaching. Another problem with Africa is that there are many people who have now dug their own wells. But it's for me, myself, and I. The unholy trinity. The divine trinity is Father, Son, and Spirit. But the selfish trinity is me, myself, and I. But God wants us to be selfless. Isaac dog. But he also strengthened his servant. Do you know why you must strengthen those around you? Because just in case there comes a time when you are not as strong as you used to be. Ah, if those around you are not strong, your weakness will show up. Your weakness will show up. The enemy will attack you. So indeed, you are only as strong as the weakest part of your deepest part of your strongest team. Let me say it another way. The true strength of your life. Yes, I know God is the strength of your life. I'm talking about your community engagement, your social involvement, your relevance in the culture. Your strength is connected to the weaknesses of those around you. So when you build people around you, also know their weaknesses. It's not a curse, it's wisdom. Why? Because not everybody knows how to strike the ground. But some people know how to shovel the dirt. Because in digging, some people can strike. Some people can shovel the dust. Some people can bring the dirt out of it. But anyhow, anyhow, strengthen those around here. This is exactly what Jesus did. Jesus, first of all, did the miracles. And saw him do the miracles. Then he did the miracles with them and they saw him do the miracles then he sent them out and he did not didn't go with them so they did it and in part of doing it is failing when people fail around you don't be quick to throw them away remember there was a time in your life when you were not the smart when you were not this eloquent when you were not the strong when you were not this disciplined when you were not this prayerful when you were not this powerful yeah, 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 yeah. So you strengthen the servants and the dog the wells. Now there are other people who have dug the wells and who have drunk the well water. But yes, we have to do more. The wells are from the earth. It talks about humanity. What are you doing? Now that we're resuming the gatherings physically. Yes, we'll still stream online. But what are you doing? at the hub who are you inviting to the hub what are you buying for the king's hub how are you cleaning the king's hub what is your evangelism system because anything without a system will be, will be a struggle to sustain the reason you don't struggle to breathe is because there is a breathing system the reason you don't struggle for your blood to flow is because there's a secular circulatory system some Somebody shall build the system. Somebody holler, build, build, build. Dig those wells. Dig those wells. Dig those wells. Dig those wells. The Bible.
Bible says that Isaac dug the wells of Abraham that had dug his own wells. Number five, stay the course. Stay the course. Don't forget things will happen around here, but stay the course. Number one, think systems. Number two, structure your life around systems. And Christ is at the center and the circumference. Number three, study and support other systems. Number four, strengthen those around you to build other systems. And number five, stay the course. Building a system is not easy. Building a master life schedule is not easy. Ensuring people fill their books is not easy. Showing up 9 p.m. every day is not easy. When I led the midday prayers for three years every day, I tell you, it was not easy. Midnight watch, 12 midnight. It's not easy. But I've learned to stay the course. I don't want to know who you are when everybody knows how easy it is. I don't want to know who you are when everybody is clapping for you. I want to know who you are when it's hard, when it's tough, when it's difficult, when it's painful, when you can't handle it any longer, when you can't handle the pressure when nobody is saying thank you when nobody when people think they know what it costs but they really don't know because there are some prices you never value until you begin to pay them yourself somebody shout yes I'll stay the course husband sometimes listen your wife has no idea what it takes to keep the house together, to stay away from the wrong woman, or to put yourself together, to provide the way you do, but stay the course. Tag a husband in the house and say, stay the course. Wives, I've got to be honest. Sometimes the husbands don't know what it takes to be in the house, to wash the clothes sometimes by yourself. Sometimes you're the one cooking the food because your husband doesn't know how to cook. Sometimes he wants to cook, but the cook is ikuku, which in Yoruba means it's like a kick in your face. But some of the same wives stay the course. Sometimes your husband is annoying, but you still have to honor him, and you still have to pray. Some of the say stay the course, because you're building the family system when you're in a corporate world, and you know God sent you there, but you've got a nasty boss but God already told you that's your position in two years that's your position in three years stay the course somebody holler yes somebody shout yes somebody shout yes somebody say stay the course when it feels like nothing is working stay the course because yes you might dig the first well right but somebody takes it from you you wrote the first book but you couldn't publish it stay the course you released your first single five years ago no album yet stay the course you went out to preach on your street instead of getting them saved they got you to smoke God have mercy on you stay the course not with the smoking go back to Christ repent and go and do another kind of smoking get the glory smoking prayer do another kind of shy 
Shayo in the spirit and go hit the streets again. This time go with somebody as your prayer partner and stay the course. Somebody holler stay the course. Yes, we will build as a church. We will build as individuals. We will build as a family. We will build as a kingdom. Somebody shout yes. Somebody shout yes. Somebody holler yes. Somebody shout dig those wells. Dig those wells. Dig those wells. Build the system that took Essek from him. That took Sitna from him. And finally he dug one well called Rehoboth. He said the Lord has made room for us. Somebody shout rain is pouring. The Lord has made room for us. We got room now. Kings we thank God for what God has done for us but listen the days are coming where only one person here will say pastor this is the land 60 plots of land what are we going to build did I hear somebody shout amen we thank God for the speakers and the lights but the days are coming when your 10% and your 20% will be able to buy the sound system somebody shout yes one of the problems with the church is a lot of people have seen the church as a business as the place to take what they don't understand is that from the very beginning when God built the tabernacle when God told Moses to build the tabernacle in the desert the money did not come from inside the church the money came from Egypt the money came from the systems of men David gave almost 200 billion dollars to build the temple the money didn't come from Israel the money didn't come from Jerusalem it came from the systems of men it came through warfare somebody shout dig a well that Arabs can come to dig a well that Buddhists can come to but when they come like Jesus you will introduce them to Jesus don't forget in John chapter 4 I'm going to close but John chapter 4 Jesus sat on a well what well did Jesus sit on. He sat on Jacob's well. This is very likely also a well that Jacob inherited from Isaac. Or maybe after inheriting the wells of Isaac, he dug his own wells. Somebody shout Jesus wants to sit on the system you're going to build. Uh, many thousands of years later, about 4,000 years later, Jesus sits on a well that uh, Jacob dug something you are building now will carry Jesus in the next generation. Something you're writing now. Something you're designing now. Something you're clothing now. Something you're recording now. Something you're broadcasting now. Somebody, Something you're working now. In fact somebody you are raising now will carry Jesus for another generation. And now we find that Jesus had a physical well, but he was also a well sitting on a well. The well of the spirit will sit on the systems we're building, and through the systems, lives will be changed, souls will be saved, families will be healed, marriages will be repaired, generations will be transformed. Somebody shout yes! Somebody shout yes! Somebody shout yes! Somebody, ah, yes, hey, build, build.
but give me something light and soft. Build that system. Don't just build the altar. Build the system. The altar is the antenna that engages the power of God, acknowledges and engages the power of God in the space. But the people you ought to reach, the people you need to reach, they don't understand the altar. They don't understand what it means. What they understand is wells. Everybody needs a well. Everybody needs water. Everybody needs to be able to drink from something. Everybody. You know, your generation, our generation, they are thirsty. Thirsty for significance. Thirsty for approval. Thirsty for validation. Thirsty to be seen, to be heard. And if all we do is build altars, we will build things that they cannot connect with. Do you wonder why many of the miracles of Jesus and the ministries and the teachings of Jesus were not in the temples that carried the altar? They were in the culture that carried the systems. <clears throat> Think about that. A boat is a transport system transportation system a well irrigation system a mountain that he preached from a geological part of the geological system I don't know I don't know if anybody here I don't know there are many of you here who have never heard of someone like this in your life and it's, it's good that you never heard it because now you've heard it so you can do something with it it's interesting how, look at, believers who say, and God made the sun, moon, and stars on the fourth day. But do you know what scientists have done? The scientists began to study the system. Then they began to worship the system. And they don't know the God who created it. But they can tell you more about the system than you who claims that God is your father. <laughs> I'm not saying go and study the sun. I'm just saying, get the wisdom beyond the religion get the wisdom beyond the religious labels get the wisdom behind it get the wisdom behind it. get the wisdom behind it. you see when Elijah let's look at this when Elijah was done when Elijah was spent and he said God take me take me take me I'm the only one left God said you don't understand I have 7,000 other prophets right do you know what God was saying to him? I have a system that has preserved people that you cannot see. By the way, let me tell you something. The power of a system you create is not what people can see. It's the aspect of that system that people cannot see. So let me give you an example. When you see a tree, you see a tree growing, the tree is big. Do you know what's keeping that, that tree standing? A root what? System. So you remember fibrous roots, tap roots, which other kind of roots? Agbo roots, Peter's original because roots are the origin. <laughs> the right way, guys. The right way. Don't, don't think that stuff. The original roots is Jesus Christ, it's the roots and the stem of Jesus. It's the one that does not just make you high, it takes you high because it's the most high. Are you following this? And never forget, no matter what the devil smokes, he will never be the most high. But don't miss the point. The point is, when Jesus says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. What is he saying to you? 
system. You know, we just spiritualize everything. We spiritualize everything. And then we cannot see the wisdom of God behind you see, it says, it says that the manifold wisdom of God is seen in the things. It says the invisible attributes of God are seen in the things the eyes cannot see. Romans chapter 1 tells us that. Study that. Study that. When it says I'm the light of the world, think systems. I've been studying this for a couple of years. But let me tell you, I've not implemented as much as I know I need to implement. So this is also a message that I need in my own life. My personal systems, my family systems, my business systems, my resources. I was doing some work with some, some of my business team members a couple of days ago and, and I just saw that I had, by the time we were done, I have about 40 products, guys. When I say products, books, coaching programs, online courses, all of those, like dozens, dozens. You know why? I'm so excited about creating stuff. I've not gone the extra mile to build the system that ensures that I'm creating, because I'm, I'm addicted to creating, but God doesn't just want me to create stuff. He wants me to systematically dispense, you know. So I'm looking through it, I said, what have I been doing in my life? <laughs> And so I was like, ah, if you're saying that, what do you want us to say about our own lives? <laughs> so we're at different stages, okay? But whatever your stage is, listen to this message again and begin to think around that. Begin to think around. Begin to think around. There is more. There is more. See, when you publish a book, when you release a book, you think, oh, I'm becoming an author. That's not all that is happening. If, you, if that's all you're seeing, you're not seeing as deep and as far. When you publish a book and you release it into the marketplace, you are impacting the system. The readers are going to get something from it. The editor is getting paid. The proofreader is getting paid. The graphic designer is getting paid. The publisher is getting paid. The printer is getting paid. The person who sells the paper. Do you see how productivity is about systems? But people that don't know, I want to write the book, I want to write the book, I want to write the book. I want to write the record, I want to write the record. Somebody's going to arrange the song, somebody's going to mix the sound, somebody's going to... You see that? You've got to think systems so you can take life more seriously. If you all think systems, type in the comment box, I will build systems. I will build the systems that God is building in Kings. Don't forget, it's got to start with God and the house of the Lord. So if you say, I'm just going to go and do my own stuff. No, God gives you a spiritual family for a reason. I've said this so many times, but some of you have never heard me say, maybe you've forgotten. I have not accepted, we're going to be three, we're going to be three in October. I've not accepted any invitation to speak anywhere on a Sunday morning. I speak at Kings. Well, you know, I already told you that by the time we get to three, I'm going to begin to engage more, more voices on the platform, Right? But we're going to be three. Why? I get invitations ever so often. Some pastors even think I'm proud. Some pastors even think I'm selfish. <laughs> Some pastors have, have begged, please come and preach for me on Sunday morning. The messages, the, the invitations I've, I've accepted are those that are after I've preached at Kings. Why? Because I understand times and seasons. You don't just run off to do your own stuff 
there is commitment that ties you into what God is building on the corporate. And by the way, anything you are building that is just all about you, 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 that you're just thinking, I'm about to be 30, so I have to do this. I have to, that system is faulty. It's carrying a virus in there. It's a computer system that has a virus. It can't be because you're about to be 40, you're about to be 50. It has to be, there is so much destiny connected to me. Whose school fees can I not pay because I am not earning more? Whose marriage have I not saved because I have not released that online program? Father, we make a decision, a commitment today. Like Abraham, like Isaac, like Jacob, like Jesus, like Paul to build systems. How did Paul build all those, all those churches? He had systems. Listen, church, Paul had Dickens. Do you see Dickens anywhere else in the Bible? Where do you see Dickens? Who's a Dickin? Who's an elder? Paul! Through his apost apostolic graces, either directly through himself or the people he raised, they were like, every church needs elders. Every church needs Dickens. Moses didn't have Dickens. Are you seeing this? Somebody created everything you are enjoying right now. This computer system you're watching this on digital. Somebody built it. The air conditioning system in your house. Somebody built it. And all you want to do is just, eh, 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 eh. build. It's interesting I was praying, but I came out of prayer to say that God will well build. We'll receive the grace, Lord. Some of us are called to support those who build. Help us to be comfortable with that calling. Help us to fill the spaces that have been left, the gaps that have been left. All of us have been called to build your kingdom through this machine hydra-headed, multifaceted ministry called kings. Help us to be faithful. Help us not to do it because, because, because others are looking at us. People expect us to, oh, P-Dams will call me LT, will ask me. No, Lord, help us to do it because we are sons indeed. Like Isaac dug his father's walls. Help us to assume the full measure of your grace upon our lives to build according to pattern. And Father, we just glorify you. We just honor you. We just adore you, Lord. We just celebrate you for the anointing to dig, to unearth, to uncover, and to begin to build. Give us the tenacity, tenacity, staying power, capacity, tenacity, staying power, capacity to keep building. We give you praise and glory, God. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen and amen. Come on, somebody glorify God right where you are right now. Can you celebrate him? Can you celebrate God? You're digging those wells. You're digging, you're digging, you're digging, you're digging those wells. And those wells will outlast you. You know, many times when I see my sons playing around my books, and I wrote my first book 12 years ago, just do it, 2008. I'm excited, you know why? I'm saying to myself, thank God for good life, long life. I'm going to live long and go and stay strong. But my children are going to grow up to see those books and it's going to stir up something in them. To see, hear those songs, watch those videos, it's going to stir up something in them. For some of you, it's an app, it's a design, it's a way of building business, it's a farm that God has given you, a farm. Some of you, your father has a farmland in the east, a farmland in Nabelkutai in Ohafia.
They're like, I'm not a village. I'm not. Come on. God used your parents to build something. Even if you're not going to relocate, I'm not saying you should relocate. Find a way. Create a system. Don't let your father and your mother's sacrifice and sweat just vaporize like that. It might not mean a lot to you, but it meant their lives and their achievements. I don't even know who this word is for right now. I think this word is for almost every African Christian, every African believer. Because, <laughs> you know, we just dance. We just dance. You dance, dance, dance. You do thanksgiving and all of that. But who's really giving God thanks for your life? Somebody just, just, you know, make a commitment. I want to pray for somebody right now. You're watching this. You don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You're not saved. You're not born again. You have not received the life of Christ. I want you in this moment, this sacred atmosphere, to begin to accept that Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life. What does it mean? What does that even mean? See, every man was born a sin. Every man was born into sin. That's why there is nothing like sin school. No, no sin school where you get your BSc in sinfulness, your master's degree in immorality, your PhD in profanity. There's nobody writes a thesis on drug addiction. When I say that, I mean, like nobody reads a book on how to become an addict. I'm not even sure there are YouTube videos on how to wreck your life with sin. It's just something in man, a dysfunction, a virus that corrupted the operating system of man. And it's called sin. When you come to Christ and when you receive the life of Jesus, he's not just an antivirus. He overhauls your entire operating system. He changes it from carnality to redemption. And if you're in that place where the power of sin is strong over your life, you have not received this life of Jesus or you don't know the power of what you have received. Maybe there's no peace in your heart. No peace in your heart. I had to speak to somebody just before sharing this word with you. Pain and crisis, no peace in his heart. Maybe you're like that right now. But Jesus is saying, I love you and I've made a provision for you. What I want you to do right now, you're going to say this prayer and you're going to send your details to a number that will pop up on the screen so that we can reach out to you, personally counsel you, just pray with you, be there for you, guide you, lead you, help you as the Holy Spirit empowers us. Say with me, God... I thank you for my life. Thank you because you love me and you have preserved me up until now. Today, I open up my heart to you. I yield myself to you. I receive your life. I acknowledge that I am a sinner in need of your grace. And I acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the Savior of my life. I acknowledge that from today, Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. You are the Lord of my life. Fill me with your spirit. Guide me by your truth as you make me brand new. In Jesus' name I prayed. Come on, somebody, if you just said the prayer, you have begun a new journey. Jesus is now the Lord of your life. You might not know everything that's happened right now, but I perceive that there is peace coming upon your heart. You need somebody to pray with you, to agree with you, to teach, to guide you. Please follow the instruction on the screen right now and we'll rush to you. Your inbox, your email, your DM us, DM us on any of the platforms you're watching this on right now. IG will be the fastest, but even on IG, send us a message on Facebook. And leave a comment on, on the YouTube, in the YouTube chats now. Glory to God. Let's celebrate God for every life that has been touched and changed and saved today. Glory to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. 
to join this growing community of kings.